0: It's been the the moments that someone will come up and hug me with those same tears in their eyes and said, you know, I had the plan. I knew how I was going to do it. And then I found you guys. And it felt like I found you at this perfect moment because you were everything I needed to hear. And that just solidifies for both of us that every time we share that hardship in our own life, every time we share a resource of how we moved through that, even though it sounds like you're just shouting it into this void of social media, someone's hearing it even if it's just that one person, well, now we've lost count of how many people have walked up and said, like, you saved
1: my life. This community saved my life. After facing a number of life's challenges themselves, Bree Pear and Chrissy St. Massey of Only Human have created a community that is saving lives. There are guests on this episode of Win This Year.
2: Drugs and alcohol,
1: bullying, unhealthy relationships, depression, internet safety,
0: substance use, body image,
2: self-injury, suicide,
0: anxiety,
1: social media,
0: kids, pre-teens, parenting, middle school, high school, Adolescents.
1: teens, coping skills, self-care,
0: relationships, strategies, life skills, prevention, solutions,
1: help, hope, leadership,
0: insight, information,
1: inspiration. You're listening to Win This Year. The official podcast of Not My Kid, a prevention nonprofit focused on inspiring positive life choices by helping kids, parents, families, and those who work with youth. Informative, interesting, inspiring. Win this year. Welcome to Win This Year. I'm Shane Watson, prevention specialist and public information officer for Not My Kid, Today, we'll be joined by Bree Pear and Chrissy St. Massey in a discussion about life's challenges, resilience, and the altruistic work they're doing with only human. Win this year, as always, is brought to you by First Check. First Check home drug tests help you protect loved ones from the risks of drug abuse. First Check is the number one pharmacist recommended brand. It detects up to 14 illicit and prescription drugs and provides over 99% accurate, easy to read results in just five minutes, all in the privacy of your home. Go to firstcheckfamily.com and use code WINTHISYEAR to save on your order. Bree is a self-described tech nerd entrepreneur with a passion for humans and a drive to make waves in this world. In 2016, she founded Only Human, a platform for good that brings humans together for a deeper purpose. Bree truly believes that by building a community of like-minded humans willing to make changes in this world, we can create a ripple effect that's felt on a global scale. In the political climate we live in, it's more important than ever to bring humans together for the common good. With 30-plus years experience in being a human, Chrissy St. Massey is well-versed in the common themes that challenge, oppress, and inspire humanity on a broad scale. As an owner of Only Humans, she's helped to build a global platform for good, that utilizes technology and social channels to unite humans of all kinds through story sharing, cause campaigns, give back trips, and more, both online and in the real world. Chrissy is a survivor, mother, wife, writer, and empath. But most importantly, she's human, just like you. Joining us now from Only Human are Bree Pair and Chrissy Saint Massey. Only Human is a community organization fueled by kindness and social entrepreneurship. We believe in the power of humans coming together to help move us all forward in the ways that truly matter. Bring your broken parts, your struggles, your raw selves. All are welcome. Come as you are. Bree, Chrissy, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here.
0: So Thanks Glad for to be here. Us.
1: There are a lot of facets to Only Human. When I look at the website, I notice that you've got a lot going on. How would you explain what your organization does to someone who's just hearing about you for the first time?
2: Yeah, I'd say simply put, Only Human is a community organization of good humans doing good things for good causes. Um, So every month we partner with a different nonprofit and we support their cause, shine their message into the world. And 10% of our profits goes back to help them sustain their mission. Um, In those campaigns, we offer humans who may be struggling or maybe they're not. Maybe they've overcome a huge struggle in their lives to get involved and be part of something
0: bigger than themselves. As part of those campaigns, too, we design a collection of apparel. Um, We call those conversation starters, though, so we're not an apparel brand. We really are all about making connections and humanity, and, you know, it sounds so crazy, but the shirt that you wear every day, like, says something to the world. It says something to those that you're around, and if that can spark a conversation with a complete stranger, and you get to tell them more about what it's about, about what the campaign's about, the nonprofit we worked with, it's just a really cool human connection.
1: And you could end up connecting with someone who asks you about your shirt, who is in a situation that you've dealt with personally or you know something about, and you can be that one to begin the healing process or connect them to someone who can start the healing process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when we started, it was really apparent that it was about the community behind us and not just about driving these positive messages. Yes, they're amazing and incredible, and but it's all the stories behind them. It's all the humans who come forward who say, wow, you're running an anti-bullying campaign this month. Like, I have this story I got to tell you. And, you know, from there, we can then enter them into the only human community and they have a whole support group then. So, you know, even in the moments of struggle, there's someone there for them. And then we're all there to clap when they succeed as well.
1: And I've noticed you talk about community. I've noticed that you do a number of events as well, not just the, you know, the give back of the percentage of the apparel sales, but actually events as well. Um, How did those events begin? When did you start doing those? And what was the motivation behind that?
0: Day one, really, when... Only Human was monetized. For a year, I ran it like from my couch late at night like working on this thing. And when it became monetized, it was so apparent to me. It was no longer just my story. you know. Only Human was rooted in my personal stories. And I shared with the world how I moved through those. But in doing that, when you go out in the world and you start telling those, there's so many people who are like, you know what? Me too. I've been there. I've totally been that person. How did you get through it? And I realized in that there was just this really big thing missing from social media, from technology, from what our world is becoming now. And it's that there's still humans behind those devices. So day one, I went to Lexington, Kentucky. I really went hard right out of the gate. I was like, put me in a place that's segregated still and let me you know, show them that there's this kinder, more loving way to go about things.
1: Seeing a place where there is division and trying to make that connection. I mean, I love the the name Only Human as well. I saw one of your shirts that had a bunch of terms that people use to separate themselves from each other, these these borders, that artificial borders that people create, and they were crossed out. And I believe at the bottom it said Only Human. So I love the inclusivity of it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're really all about the human message of it, and I think that's what we're missing and why mental health is becoming a bigger issue, why you're seeing more separation um, is because we're not looking at what connects us all and that all of our our struggles do connect us in ways, but we got to talk about them in order to create that connection.
1: And speaking of talking about your struggles, I've noticed that both of you on your website have uh, been really transparent about things that you've gone through and you've both gone through things that really cross over with a lot of the topics that we speak on at not my kid whether it's bullying whether it's suicide whether it's unhealthy relationships what have your experiences how have they shaped who you are today and how did they propel you in the direction to end up where you are now with only human doing what you do if you wouldn't mind each sharing a little bit of your story and how it got you to where you are today
0: yeah, um, I think the first place to start is really how only human began. Um, I mentioned that it was part of my personal journey and my story. I was in a relationship that had become a little bit more toxic. Um, we owned a home together. I had a great job at that point at a marketing agency, which actually Chrissy and I worked together back then at that same agency. And <clears throat> I hit this point in my life where I was at rock bottom. I had you know, I was heavier than I had ever been my whole life, being an athlete that was really hard on me mentally, um, in a relationship that was then ending. I lost the home, my relationship, I was without passion, without drive, and then uh, a couple months later I lost my job. And it's just like everything, all at once, it seemed like Murphy's Law, and I decided in that moment, you know, I could unpack and I could live there, because rock bottom is a really solid foundation. And um, You can live there and it's really easy to get stuck in that darkness and that struggle. But if you just say, no, I'm going to do some things that scare me and I'm gonna start building. And it is this rock solid foundation to start building the rest of your life from. So from there, Only Human began. I started vulnerably sharing the ups and the downs. And the downs are what more people were like, oh my gosh, you actually are being honest about it. Like, here's my story. So starting to get all these stories then in this small little Instagram inbox, and it that's when I realized it wasn't just my story anymore and it became everyone's story. Um, so that's really where I was rooted and then Chrissy joined in, you know, within the first year.
2: Yeah, and I'd say when I joined in, it was a really perfect timing because I was kind of resurfacing, I'd say, from the darkest period in my adult life. Um, I carried a lot of trauma with me growing up. I lived in a household full of domestic violence and abuse, sexual abuse. I mean, anything you could think of, you know, I lived through it. Um, And I had finally gotten to a point in my, you know, late 20s where I was feeling strong and I'd overcome all these things and life was great and I was singing songs and being happy and working at this awesome marketing agency alongside Brie. My wife and I were going through the process of starting a family and then all of a sudden just the negatives hit, right? I started feeling these blows delivered from the universe and um, I suffered through a miscarriage, I lost my job at the marketing agency. Um, And in 2011, quite a few years back, I lost my father to suicide. And right around the same time that I felt my kind of professional life crashing down and was struggling with starting a family, um, I got to a point where I was able to finally work through the feelings and the grief that I'd been harboring when I lost my father. And so all of that kind of created this trifecta you know, perfect storm of, of what leads someone down a really dark hole to depression. So I checked myself into a mental health hospital. Very much one of the hardest things I've, I've ever had to do. You know, it's we live in a world where it's hard sometimes to show up in that way and, and care for ourselves because it's seen as weakness or maybe we are the ones who perceive it as weakness and everyone else is kind of trying to root us on. Um, but when I came out of that dark place, Bree and Only Human were kind of really starting to take off and you know I looked into the eyes of my best friend and we kind of knew this is what's what's meant to happen is us to work together and help others kind of go through their struggles and share the stories that we've had.
1: And you talk about people not wanting to be labeled as as weak or broken or damaged. I thank you for your transparency because the more that people like us do speak out about what we've gone through, how we've overcome it, what's worked for us, the more that those who are on the fence maybe hesitant to ask for help, who need to ask for help, can find that courage to say, you know what, it is okay to talk about this. This doesn't make me less of a person because it most certainly doesn't. And when I hear both of your stories, I mean, you've both gone through collectively and individually a lot. And you're here today and you're the people that you are today doing what you're doing today. Not only did you not let those things destroy you, you've used them to build a platform to help other people. So when I read your stories, when I hear your stories, the word that keeps coming to mind repeatedly is resilience. And that leads me to this question. What worked for you? What made the difference for you? Because you, Bree, when you lose all those things that we think make our life, you lost you know the relationship, the house, all those things are gone. That's when you find out who you really are. Mm-hmm. What carried both of you through? Was it a person? Was it a belief? Was it you know a habit? What got you to where you are today and brought you through all those things?
0: Mine started with my habits. Um... The first one was how often I was moving my body, and the second one was what I was putting in it. Um, And what I was consuming wasn't just the food I was consuming. I realized after I I started moving my body more, I got back into basketball, which is a lifelong passion of mine. Um, I started lifting weights. I really just pushed myself to do things in a physical health space that I hadn't done before I was scared of. I was scared because I had never touched free weights. I had never been in that part of the gym. I was intimidated by it. But after doing that, I think you realize mentally then how strong you are. It's not just about the physical body anymore. It moves to your mentality. And after doing that, my mental shift just said, wow, this is truly the way to create lifelong change and not just I'm going to lose 25 pounds. It's no, I'm going to change the rest of my life through doing this. So um, mentally, it's just the habits that I create every day, the morning routines, the meditation, the yoga, stretching moving my body, doing things I love, and always challenging myself with something that scares me.
1: And what worked for you?
0: It's funny you said resilience because when
2: I look back at my life, that's actually one of the key words that I'd use to describe how I've come out of it. Um, I kind of feel like a flower in concrete sometimes. Uh, But what helped me through it has been human connection um, of all kinds, in person, reading words that others have shared, even growing up, bouncing to 14, 15 schools before I graduated high school, it was a lot of trusting the kindness of strangers who created space in their life for me to be okay with my struggle. And so the biggest thing that I can do now is pass that along to others.
1: Now, you've both already answered this question to a pretty far degree, but I would like to ask you, beyond what you've mentioned now, Um, What coping skills do you incorporate? Now, you talked about fitness. You talked about things like that. You talked about human connection. What other things do you each incorporate to keep yourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy? What are the things that are working for you right now?
2: I think for me, it's really staying, you know, connected on the daily with other humans around me and having that community. Um, In my darkest moments, something that I tend to do is kind of, become a recluse right I shrink into myself I don't want anyone to see me I don't want to interact with the world and the days that I'm, I'm my best are when I'm going out and I'm giving back to the world I'm you know volunteering I'm connecting with others we're exploring the world um, so so that's what I do I try to stay active through only human you know one of our big initiatives is creating volunteer opportunities for people we host give trips Um, internationally to Mexico or going to Costa Rica in February. And I think giving the opportunity to see others be part of something that's bigger than themselves and realize, again, their value, um, it's priceless. I mean, that's what does it.
0: I think there's been a trend lately in my life. I became a bonus mom of two girls almost two years ago now. And kids, wow, they teach you stuff. Yeah, Um, But I think in... Having kids and learning to be this more evolved person, I've realized how much I bring along my baggage into the rooms that I enter. And I think a big communication skill is learning that my baggage exists, but it's not necessarily how they view the world. And that some of the things, the stories that I've created when I was a kid that now I live by as an adult really impact the relationships in front of me. It stops me from communicating in healthy ways. It can become that darkness that seeps in because all these stories push in of, you know, you being this victim when you were a kid or something happening that was traumatic. So you close up and you don't communicate, you know, those feelings and learning to push into that to recognize this is what's happening and I can choose not to do this.
1: What I'm hearing from both of you is is a really good level of self awareness, and I think that self awareness is so important. Like you, you recognizing Chrissy when you've crossed into that place where you are beginning to isolate, and like you said, Bree, recognizing that point at which your baggage is not necessarily the baggage of the person that you're dealing with. I personally have to do that as well. What both of you talked about, and with that baggage, not making sure I'm not projecting my pre-existing concerns or fears or apprehensions onto a situation that's brand new, maybe with a person I've never even met, because that's unfair to them and it's actually unfair to me as well. You know, I'm not gonna get the best out of that as well. What are the main issues? Uh, What are the things that you're hoping to address, the biggest things that you're hoping to address with Only Human, and what would you say the solutions or the strategies are for dealing with those situations?
0: I think everything that we've just said is going to be echoed in this answer. Um, Community, first and foremost. We live in an age of technology, and it's not going anywhere. It's only growing. And I know a lot of people have their hardships with social media, but it could also be used as a really awesome connection tool. Lately, we've been saying only human isn't about just following one another online. It's about finding each other in the real world. And that's what we're really here for. Um, we call our clothing conversation starters because it's meant to engage you with another human, like a real life connection, not just like a pretty picture on your Instagram. It's a real, I'm at the coffee shop and someone wants to take a photo of my shirt because it's a message that resonates with them. Well, hey, let me tell you about that message. Here's you know, what we're doing. So creating those unique bonds, even with strangers, and then to take that a step further, join us as an advocate, join this awesome private community where we do talk about leadership and struggle and success and how we got there and what tools we used and hey, I did this this week or, you know, um, personally with my friend group here locally in Phoenix, we do a taco Tuesday. Some Tuesdays, it is the hardest thing to get to. You don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to host all these people, but then these people fill my house. And it's love and energy. And you just, you get that from people and you can absorb that. So I think the more you struggle and you want to be alone, you should actually recognize that as a time where you need to do the opposite.
1: And you talked about uh, you know social media using that as a tool for connection. I love that you described, you know, it's not just about putting up that really nice airbrushed picture and putting out that picture perfect image. That's something with so many of the kids that we deal with is they feel that pressure to p- portray that perfect image on social media. We had a young man that went through our early intervention program Project Rewind, a high school freshman, and he told me, "I'll take a picture and I'll get on Instagram and I'll scroll through my feed and I will debate for an hour." is this picture good enough to post? And I'll look at my friend's posts and I'll say, my life doesn't look like this. Not understanding that those people are dealing with probably many of the same issues that he's dealing with as well. So the transparency from both of you, not just through the Only Human website and sharing your stories there. I've seen on on your social media, on both of your Instagram accounts, very real portrayals of what life really looks like. Now, there's tons of victories. I've seen you, Chrissy, with your child and just these amazing, beautiful, incredible moments, but then a ton of honesty as well about here is what I've dealt with. Here's what I do deal with. And I think that's so important is that honesty as well through social media while you're connecting with other people.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think you said it correct in using the word portray, because a lot of people are trying to do that right now. They're trying to portray something that they're not. And that's where. The more we encourage people to use these platforms for good just means being aware that what you share about your life can impact someone else's. And it is. We're seeing it in mental health and suicidal ideation. Every day I hear about another story of like, but their life is so much better. Look at that. But, you know, then I'll meet that person, even if they're these influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers that I've met. And they're just absolutely unhappy. But that's not what shows up on their Instagram. All the happiness does. So you betcha, I have been that girl on the internet crying.
1: <laughs> Everyone has a story, and and you know I've noticed that when I've got transparent with my story, you know I'm, I'm seven and a half years into recovery from drug and alcohol misuse, and I'm the survivor of a suicide attempt. And when I can share that story, but then share the victory since then and show people who maybe are presently in that place where I was a number of years ago, to show them change can happen, good things can happen, but you need to have that connection. You need to connect with that help, those people that can build you back up and give you those things. And for me, it's been a matter of showing people that things can turn around because when I was in that place personally, you know, not quite eight years ago, if you had told me I was gonna have the life that I have now, long-term sobriety, gorgeous, amazing, intelligent, wonderful little six-and-a-half-year-old girl working a career that I love, I would not have believed you. I would have wanted to, but I wouldn't have. And so I love the balance, again, with, with your social media. You're showing the victories, but then you're being honest about the battles as well, the challenges as well, and I think that's important. Thank you. So each month you release a new line of apparel to benefit a nonprofit partner. What can you tell me about that, including this month's focus and the event coming up on Sunday, October twenty seventh?
2: Yeah. So I mentioned this before, but every month we partner with a nonprofit um, and we design out a new line of apparel in tandem with their cause or mission or impact on humanity, um, and we spread their you know mission to the world as best we can. Our community is global or in. 40-some countries, and I think the topics that we um, talk about really impact all humans, all 7.6 billion of us. No one's, you know, excluded there. So this month in October, we're actually focusing on an anti-bullying campaign with Not My Kid, and the name of our campaign is You Can Sit With Us. And I think, you know, those, those words alone say a lot I've been that kid who's come into a new situation and looked around and just felt like, "Oh my gosh, I do not belong here. I've you know scrutinized in detail what I'm wearing, which when I was a kid, a lot of the time that was second hand clothing from goodwill stores and tattered stuff that that didn't fit me correctly and i you know I've analyzed myself to the nth degree. And then looked around and, and thought, I need to just actually turn around and leave. But you can't always leave, you know. And the people that I've been attracted to in this world that I think have really made me feel a lot of my, my value um, were the people that looked at me and said, hey, you can sit with us, you know. And I, I created some of my lifelong friendships through those moments where someone else saw a stranger and they decided to take a chance And we ended up sitting together, sharing stories, and, you know, the rest is history. Sometimes it just takes that one moment of letting someone
0: in. It's been really amazing to see how these nonprofit partnerships have grown over the last two years. Um, we've been able to hold more and more community-related events that really bring in people locally, that bring in our nonprofit, that talk about their resources, because these nonprofits have so so much behind them that can be used and almost broadcast in the world. And that's why we use our platform to do just that. Um, so later this month, on October 27th, we're hosting an event with Not My Kid. Noodles & Co. donated all the food. Um, actually, Tucson Pride donated all the water we'll have. Tempe Marketplace is going to be a venue. We'll bring out speakers. We'll have Storytelling, but more importantly, like you can just come sit with us, like just share a meal. Let's talk about things. How's your life? What have you been up to? What do you do? What's your biggest struggle? Um, so some of those conversation starters, just even with strangers at you know a Tempe Marketplace, which is very family friendly, on a Sunday from two to five, uh, you can come join us and, and talk about those topics.
1: I love it because I think I feel like that that's something that societally we've lost a lot of that. We're more connected now than we ever have been, but we're more disconnected in a way than we ever have been. And one of the greatest ways to connect with someone is to sit down and have a meal with them. The moment that you sit down and you share a meal with someone, maybe someone that you just assumed you're completely different from, 5, 10, 15 minutes into that, you realize you have more similarities than you have differences. Mm -hmm. You, You gave that world population number, and that's a staggering number. But like you said, so many of the same things unite us. Wherever you are, there's very human things, very human experiences that we all go through that connect us, regardless of where you are on the planet. And so I love the community aspect of it, too. We're actually bringing people together as well. As people um, who went through significant challenges in terms of the issues that you dealt with in your stories, what advice would you give to families whose kids or grandkids may be going through similar struggles to what you went through, or maybe something completely different? What would your advice be to the parents, to the adults in those kids' lives?
0: Um, My first one would just be to listen. Um, I know as a kid, I always just really appreciated um, the nights that my mom would just listen and just there I would be crying about being bullied at school I was heavily bullied at middle school um, but every time she listened it just made me feel like she cared um, but listening these days to almost comes with like you're just you just have your response right there waiting and you're just waiting to say it but honestly it's just about like taking a breath and just create that space for them to feel to say it's okay to cry it's okay to get angry like it's okay to express those emotions you're in a safe space to do that um, and listening to that full you know, story before you jump into your solution to their problems. Because even with kids, it's not necessarily that they want a solution. They just want to be heard.
1: On almost every episode that we've had of this so far, and granted, we're now only five in, but still, on pretty much every episode, when we've talked about solutions, someone has said something so similar to what you said. That word, listen, that could be its own podcast. That could be <laughs> its own episode. And as you said, not listening for what you want to hear, or what you think you're going to hear, or what you're getting ready to reply to, actually actively listening to that what that person's saying. Mm-hmm. Chrissy, what would you add to this?
2: Yeah, I guess I would say pay attention to what's not being said as well. Um, there's a lot of meaning in the silence that happens. Um, I was talking to a good mentor and friend of mine uh, recently over at Sportique, who's also working with us on this campaign. They're matching the donation Um, And he told me this story about his daughter's young friend that came over for dinner. And his daughter's young friend was, you know, one of those people who kind of lit up the world and always cracking jokes and always bringing that light. Um, And they had dinner. And at the end of the dinner, his daughter's friend came over and gave a hug and kind of just held on a little bit longer than usual. And he didn't say anything, but You know, he went on, and the next morning they they found out that 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 human was no longer with him. He decided not to stay. Um, So I think there's a a lot to be said about just really paying attention to what's going on behind the scenes with someone, with your kids, with your family members, um, and then inviting them to, you know, talk about it if they're in a space, too, and just being really open uh, about, you know, things that they might be going through.
1: Those nonverbals that you talked about, those will tell us as much if not more so than someone's words will. And the silence that you talked about, allowing that silence sometimes is important as well. We often get so uncomfortable. I come from a radio background, so they called it dead air. That silence is like you're, you're letting it slip away. In the world of prevention and behavioral health, I'm having to unlearn that and having to learn to allow that silence. And Sometimes the more that you allow that, and you just hold that space with that person, you make it clear to them like it's okay. I'm here with you, you know. As you said, Bree, you know, maybe we're not going to fix everything. Maybe we don't. We don't need to, but we need to hold that space with that person, and and show the empathy of I'm I'm here with you in this moment, you know. I'm not off in a distance, just yelling advice to you. Like I, I'm going to be here with you in this.
0: Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that taught me how to do that the best too was mindfulness and that can come in many forms you can teach that to kids in a lot of different ways but to be able to still your mind and your body just breathe be there in that moment is super important so I think teaching kids at an early age what it's like to meditate or what it's like to just be still and just be there and not you know watching TV and on your phone and on your iPad and then doing 18 other things and thinking about that thing you have to do next it's just now, like let's take a, a breath What if we take a breath together? What if we just read this really calming story and just be
1: present? We need that as adults too. I mean, it's such a work in progress for me. I find myself so overly busy sometimes. And I do the best. I'm the best for those around me, and I'm the best that I can be for myself on those days where I make a time intentionally to set aside time to not do anything, really, whether it's meditation or whatever it is, to get outside and to get away from all of those things. We talk on this show a lot about challenges. We've already talked about some challenges today, but I think it's equally as important, maybe more so, to talk about the victories, to talk about the successes and the positive things that that have happened. And and actually, your whole focus is such a positive thing. It's so solution-focused. There's issues that you're addressing, but you're so focused on the solution. What would each of you say has been a personal highlight that you look back on from your time with Only Human, that you'd like to share?
0: I'm going to steal it, and you know I'm going to. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about these proud moments that we've had with Only Human, and Chrissy and I are really good at actually sitting there and acknowledging with one another, like, look at how far we've come. Look at what we've created in this. Um, but there's no stronger moment than when we're in person at an event, and you can just see someone. And I might well up doing it. You can just see someone, and they just tears start forming in their eyes and they might be looking at a t-shirt on a table and that's not something you're used to but you know it's because they're looking at a t-shirt about mental health and about suicide and you know that it's a story that's impacted them or someone they know and you just see that emotion happen Um, but more so it's been the the moments that someone will come up and hug me with those same tears in their eyes and said you know i had the plan i knew how i was gonna do it and then i found you guys And it felt like I found you at this perfect moment because you were everything I needed to hear. And that just solidifies for both of us that every time we share that hardship in our own life, every time we share a resource of how we moved through that, even though it sounds like you're just shouting it into this void of social media, someone's hearing it, even if it's just that that one person. Well, now we've lost count of how many people have walked up and said, like, you saved my life. This community saved my life. And that's just something that I'll never be able to celebrate enough.
1: That's And that's such a good sign that people know they can come up to you and tell you that they had a plan, that mm-hmm. they were thinking about ending their own life. That speaks volumes about what they think about you, that you've made it clear that they can come up, they can be human, they can be whoever they are in that moment, and you're not going to judge them, you're not going to make them feel weird or feel like less of a person. May we all... Reach that point where people know that we're that person that they can come to. Yeah. Chrissy, what about for you? Even though Bree just <laughs> stole your moment here.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, what Bree said definitely is uh, those moments are the ones that I'm the most proud of. But more recently, we were in Mexico um, and there were 36 humans that, that took the chance, took the leap and came down there with us to do some community projects with kids and that sort of thing. Um, and I remember the project that I was on was painting the house of a woman who was struggling with stage four cancer. And I was looking around at the the humans that were, you know, using their time on this planet to paint her house and beautify it and get it into a comfortable space for her to live in. And I just was beaming inside. Like, to be able to have an idea, a breeze idea, take it out in the world, realize that all these other humans resonate with it grow it and then attract them to be able to do good to put their hands and their hearts to work there's nothing that beats that and we we have several moments of le- like that throughout the year but that one in particular in Mexico me taking a moment just to reflect and look around I'll never forget it
1: that's where you go home at night and when you go to sleep you can say to yourself without any uncertainty this was worthwhile I'm doing something that actually makes a difference. Yes. You know, I'm not just out there making millions for some huge corporation. Like, this is actually making a difference.
0: Yeah. And it's super powerful, too, knowing the background we came from. And this is something that I hear constantly with people is, like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is. And, well, Chrissy and I come from a marketing background. Like, we worked at marketing agencies together. But somehow in that, we found out how to take that thing we were good at and then do better in the world and actually create that legacy, that impact and I think if you can focus on, like, what are my strengths and how can I direct that at good, how can I create something out of that, that's where we make changes.
1: And you never know how it's going to work out. I mean, before I was in recovery, I bounced around from place to place. My degree is in journalism. And if you look at my resume prior to, you know, being in recovery, it was, you know, a year and a half here, year here, six months here. And it was, they were so different from each other. And I remember asking myself, how is any of this going to apply anywhere else? Oddly enough, I end up with a journalism degree here at Not My Kid working in prevention, now six and a half years into that. And every one of those little pieces applied somehow. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the things that you look at and you say, This was, you know, this was for naught. There's no use of this. You don't realize until more of those pieces end up in that puzzle you realize the fact, okay, this this did serve a purpose here, which is a, is a really cool feeling.
0: Oh yeah. At one point I was actually a geek squad agent with Best Buy and I installed um, home theater systems. So like running cords and wire, like cutting drywall. But do you know now like AV and technology and hooking up projectors and that's part of my job now. And like that one thing that I did as a geek squad agent where I was like, I don't know when I'm ever going to use that again.
2: Yeah, and I worked at Barnes & Noble for 10 years, and we had the opportunity to read the books that came in. We'd take off the hardcover dust jackets and get to borrow them, and I read just about every single book that came into the business section over 10 years when I was in high school, college. And, I mean, look at us now. We've created this amazing company that does good and gives back and you know is saving lives so I'd say that experience definitely paid off as well
1: what a forward-thinking thing to do as a high school student I wish I would have had like one eighth of that wisdom like to project ahead like that that's time very well spent before we close is there anything else that you'd like to add anything I've overlooked or anything else you want to mention about the event about only human a message for somebody who may be out there listening anything like that
0: I'll always end with my favorite quote. Um, it's from the movie We Bought a Zoo. And it's uh, all it takes is 20 seconds, just 20 seconds of insane courage. And I promise you something good will come from it.
1: Chrissy, anything else you want to add? It's hard to follow that. Up. It really <laughs> is. But we will include actually a link um, from a spoken word piece that Chrissy did. It was the title Home, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? very, very powerful. When I was doing some research on Only Human, um, saw that, and it was it's just absolutely incredible. And so we will put that in the show notes as well. Of course, we will put the link, onlyhumanco.com. That will be in the show notes as well. Chrissy, Bree, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on WIN this year.
0: Thank you.
2: Thanks. It's been awesome.
1: And as always on Win This Year, we want to give you three resources. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide or you are helping someone who is, there is help, there is hope, there are resources available. Number one is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can reach them by calling 1-800-273-8255. That spells out 1-800-273-TALK. Teen Lifeline can be reached at 1-800-248-8336. That spells out 1-800-248-TEEN, T-E-E-N. And the crisis text line can be reached by texting the word LISTEN to 741-741. If you are going through a difficult experience, I want to encourage you. There is hope. Things can get better, but it is important to reach out and to ask for help. And for those of you who are noticing someone who is struggling, it is important that we reach out and we help them that we start the conversation and we let them know we care and we will help. Thanks once again to our guests, Bree Pear and Chrissy St. Massey from Only Human. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy Win This Year, please be sure to subscribe, share, and spread the word. Win This Year can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and nearly every other mainstream podcast outlet. If you have questions or concerns, would like to suggest a guest or topic for a future episode, Email us at winthisyear at notmykid.org. year at notmykid.org. Not As always, all links mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes, along with all the links for Not My Kid social media. I'm Shane Watson, Public Information Officer and Prevention Specialist for Not My Kid. Thank you again for listening to Win This Year.